Well, Alex Corvin from Arboro, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. We're, we're so we're so happy to have you on. Um, so Arboro, actually, I contacted you guys at your company out of genuine need, you know, for a client to be able to help them out, looking for like an alternative solution to selling some uh, development uh, properties and some new construction stuff. And uh, but at the same time, it was like, okay, we're in a market. We're in we're in Toronto. It's got- really hard to take TK perks seriously. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll, I'll make it much, much easier to take me seriously. Oh. What's going on out there? Oh my God. Okay. You must be feeling great. I don't know if we're talking about it yet. I don't know if this is like something we're going to be going into later on, but you're feeling, you're feeling pretty good today. You look good. Your skin looks good. Does my skin look better from this? Yeah. Flush. No stress. I feel good. Cortisol levels are down. Stress levels are gone. All stress levels are gone. Mm -hmm. Money is out of the market. Mm Mm-hmm. I can breathe a sigh of relief. Mm-hmm. It was hairy. It got yeah. a little hairy. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, these are these are big deals, and and they're not easy to do. And they're not uh, easy to finish. I don't God. know too many. I don't know many. Too, I don't know any other person as well as I know you who could get the deal done. That was a uh, thank you. That was yeah, uh, I think I come across as a goof, but there's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on there. People There's don't understand. Going We're going to do an inside... episode on it, and they're going to see the inner workings of Daryl Frankfurt. Inside my brain. Uh-oh. Ooh, get some popcorn. And a seatbelt. Yeah. Right. Well, listen, I got to tell you, though, I feel a little disconnected from you know the residential market right now. And it's funny. I'll, I'll give a little shout-out to Mr. Tom's story, because in his mm-hmm. latest video, he said, you know, it... it And we've talked about it too, but like, it must be super hard for people to know what the hell's going on. I mean, every headline is like inflation is down and one guy will grab onto that and go, wow, everything's great. Uh, Here we go. Get ready. Hang on. And one guy will go, oh yeah, well, you know why it's down? Like, it's not really down. It's like, right. It's like, (laughs) who wrote that article? It's like who, right. But it's like, it's, it's, it's tough to navigate. It was tough to navigate before. Yeah. Right. And it's never been easy to navigate the real estate market. Nobody there's knows. Nev- there's never been a time ever where everyone was just like, do this and it's going to work out for you guaranteed. That's why our saying here at the Canadian Real Estate Show is the only guaranteed way to make money in real estate is to, to sell things to other realtors. Is to sell things to other realtors. And it's yes. true. Yeah. I've realized. Those guys, that. they'll buy anything. Those but guys will buy anything. As far but as making money in real estate, you need take help. chances. There's risk and it's not, it's not as straightforward as you think. There, there are a lot of great stories that will come out of that now that it is finalized and finished. That will yeah. be entertaining we'll and educational. That's for damn sure. But nice. I'm glad it's over. Do, do we have a guest today? We have a guest today. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if I'm uh, like, I don't want to talk about the same shit again. Mm. Do you? Do you want to talk about if there's going to be a recession or what's going on with inflation or the bank? Well, we haven't been able to figure it out yet. And so far, nobody we've ever talked to seems to have a clue what they're talking about either. They've got great guesses and they've got a lot of facts and they're very smart people. And I respect them. 
But at the end of the day, we all know that the future is unknown. Unknown. It's it's unnerving though when you go, you know, to things that you trust or think that you should be able to trust. And on one day it sounds really bad. And on the next day it sounds hopeful. And then on, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, don't you feel like you're just getting smashed around? Like in those cartoons where they used to throw guys around, like it was nothing. Try. Yeah. Try being an agent. Oh (laughs) my God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Your clients are telling you how much more they know than you. And uh, they got, they heard it here and they, they know what to do. And, They've done this before 30 years ago and it worked then. So it should work now. And that's what, that's the way it is. That's what we signed up for. I think guys like me and and guys like you for your job are just built for this. And there's people who aren't built for this. Yes. And unfortunately that's true because I wish it were. It's really, it is true. We talked (laughs) about it the other day, like on the phone, like people are just, you gotta be wired differently to do some of this stuff because it's pretty stupid. A lot of it. And it's pretty, it can get pretty intense. It can get intense. I mean, I guess if you have stuff going on, even if you got billions of dollars out there and you got billions in the bank, like in times like this, I mean, it can't be, you know, I guess if you're Bezos, you're sitting on your yacht going, who gives a shit? I just lost 40 (laughs) billion. Whatever. (laughs) Hey, you guys paid for this. Not as impactful. It doesn't matter. No, we've talked about that. The guys, the, the lenders right now, speaking to uh, a mutual friend of ours, um, lenders right now are, are nervous. Their loan to values are coming down. These are private lender guys, right? Um, they're taking on less risk. They are, you know, being more, you know, they're scrutinizing. They're, they're not sure. looking at certain properties. Like talking to one guy, he said, the sure. only reason we'll look at this is because I'm involved in that we have a relationship. And so that they'll, they know at least certain things will be handled well, but it's like, otherwise we wouldn't even, we wouldn't even look at this file. Cool. And I was thinking about that today while I was walking the dog and I was like, you know what? Like, I wonder if I'm buying something, like what can I actually afford now? Because the amount of money I used previously is not going to get, it's like the same as a house. It's like, it's not going to get me as far as it got me on the last one. Mm -hmm. Right. Like now I'm going to have to like, look at a smaller, crappier deal so that I can actually get something financed because if I tie something up, maybe I yeah. can't get financing for it. And yeah, if things exactly. are still falling, like who knows what's going to be, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how people make decisions, but I think our guest today, which we can, you want to, you want to jump in, you want to guess how, how to say his last name? Alex, it's the girl. Her last name. We can, we can edit that part out. Boom. No, I don't. Because we did this last time, and We're, I and I wasn't very good at it. I think you're bad. Didn't you say you won? I think we both lost. <laughs> I think we both lost. I beat you. Generally, but... <laughs> you beat me. I beat you. Yeah. I can't even. I don't even want to guess. I'm sure, like your George, first Jorgen. No, I think your first Jorgen? guess would be like close. I don't think you'd be that far off. I think the K is silent. That's my guess. I'm sure. I'm sure you'll have very like good guesses at the end of the day. Hi, gentlemen. Hi, Alex. <laughs> Hello. Did you welcome, did welcome. I hear someone say that the K is silent? That's the best interpretation of my name that I've heard but, so far. That was but my see, I told him he would get it though. Like that's his intuition, wow. right? We was just good. finished talking about my superior intellect from my French immersion upbringing. So I mean it was 
pretty obvious it's a good to little me. segue yeah so how, how do you pronounce your last name alex it's corvin it's the j that's silent Very oh! Oh! <laughs> oh no daryl i you know what he's really confident when he says things so i kind of believe him but uh yeah definitely that's corvin i knew it all along <laughs> um listen guys it was just a, a quick tech check i yeah. i my airpods died just this morning but i did just i i am in like a like uh, what do you call them like um safe rooms <laughs> i'm not in a yeah. safe room, but i've been what feels like one in my basement awesome. if everything's okay blink with your left <laughs> eye now i don't even know hold on I just the I went into we the most enclosed carpeted like walled space I could find to reduce echo. Um, so I want to just do it like an audio check. Is it okay on your side? Yes. Sounds great. The the reason for the earphones is generally because I can't stop cutting people off and we just need them to hear that. But if you're <laughs> you hear yourself better. <laughs> yeah. And so when you hear through the, the headphones, then you kind of have a better gauge of like when people are talking or not. It's gonna be fine. Honestly, half the people don't wear headphones, you'll be fine. Okay. So it's just a recommendation. Okay. That's all. I, the ones I've done in the past have always been headphones. I know that's preferred, but I was like, Shh, sorry, am I, is this recording? Swearing is, swearing is required, <laughs> actually, before we. Yeah. Uh... I cursed that I didn't charge them properly last night. Um, and then I didn't know um, if the video was recorded. I didn't think so. I hadn't planned on it, but yep. I have a face for radio. I said, so, you know, like. You're doing, you're doing fine. You're doing fine. Okay. <laughs> no issues. We, we're, we're, we're recorded on YouTube. We do the podcast through the other podcast platforms. So okay. yeah. And your background is top notch. Probably the best guest background we've had. I think oh, so. Really? I mean, like, I, can make, I can make it like, you know, whatever, a little bit more Zoom-esque, like, you know. No, no. Oh, that, like, that's like the brand. typical. No, you, you've done that's it better. and it's branded and that's yeah. what you're here all, you know, for. So this is great. All right. <laughs> Good. So I mean, I'll, I'll remove like the video filters and the. Oh, oh that's even better. <laughs> How do you do that's that? That's way better. I want I'm that. Should now. we not? Should we do that today? Yeah, let's go. Filter. How do I do this? Choose my. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Use video you. filter. Yeah. Yeah. This let's is at least start it like this. Like okay. Well, at least. Person. Good. Well, at least start it. Daryl, don't copy me. Come on. Well, please. there's not too many options, man. Fine, I'll choose. Hold on. No, no, no. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. There's a lot of options. Hold on. Here we go. All right. All right. This is fun. I like this. Okay. <laughs> it's better. Oh, we picked the same one again. What the hell? <laughs> okay. This is horrible. All right. All right. Hold on. Hold on. One more. One more. Okay. You got to do a countdown here. Everybody thinks I'm shady. <laughs> like rock, paper, scissors, zoom. Here we go. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Well, Alex Corvin from Arboro, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> we're we're so we're so happy to have you on. Um, so Arboro, actually, I contacted you guys, your company, out of genuine need, you know, for a client to be able to help them out, looking for like an alternative solution to selling some uh, development uh, properties, some some new construction stuff, and uh, but at the same time. It was like okay, we're in a market. We're in we're in Toronto. We've it's got the... really hard to take TK perks seriously. Yeah. Okay. Got Zoom All right. Shit. All right. I'll I'll make it much much easier to take me seriously. Oh, oh man. Here, how about? I'm sorry. I introduced you guys to that feature. Uh, there. Now that okay. I can see your eyes, it's totally better. <laughs> Oops. Oh, what you oh, do? Boy. 
Oh my goodness. You messed up the whole right. thing. None. Oh, you bounced uh, all our cameras around. Off. All <laughs> this right. is going to make the cut for YouTube, guys. We'll get it. We'll get there it. We we'll, they, they, they don't, some of this will make the cut. I can promise you. We don't have so, to edit any of this. So I, I contacted Arbro. I got hmm. some information, you know, and I <sighs> was saying to myself, hey, what a neat idea for us to have someone from Arbro on the podcast. Talk about what it is that they do. Give us their insights on some of the needs that consumers have today. And I guess the solution that Arbro is providing. So uh, welcome, Alex. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you. <laughs> now tell us like how long has Arbro been around for because I'm, I'm actually hearing your ads now we'll get to that but like you guys are really like putting your name out there uh, recently so what's going on how long you guys been around for yeah the origin story of Arbro actually it begins you know over a decade ago um there's been a number there's a number of co-founders to there's uh, of Arbro and the genesis of Arbor really started with many of us coming from the impact investing landscape. So big believers of using profit-seeking capital to create social outcomes, like positive social outcomes. And um, Norm Tazeski, one of the co-founders and myself, had worked together for a number of years prior to this and a number of projects around affordable housing and using impact like social finance tools to create affordable housing. Norm met Nicholas Pope, the other co-founder, when they were working at a development firm together. Um, and the two of them, you know, had similar ideals and values. And then so the original idea for Arboro, um, as we know it today, started back in 2008. It was incorporated in 2019. Whoa. Right. But the like I said, the, the genesis of the idea, the concept has been marinating for almost a decade prior to that. And, and it took various iterations, various forms through its journey. So we went kind of properly incorporated in 2019. That's the inception of the company. We started building a team around this idea of raising a pool of funds from investors who would otherwise be landlords and would rather not be. So investors who would like to have a diversified portfolio in residential real estate, but don't want to manage that property themselves. But instead, that pool of funds can be used to co-invest alongside legitimate homeowners who don't have the down payment. Um, so our down payment contribution would help them bridge that gap into home ownership. So it, it was a bit of like this um, merging of two worlds, a win-win for investors. They don't have to upkeep their property. They get engaged and involved homeowners who can take care of the property. And then both parties share in the appreciation when property prices increase. It, it truly is modeled after, you know, co-owning which has been around for a very long time of two adults or two two parties who are going to share a space together and live in that place and therefore share in the, the cost of maintenance or not maintenance but share in the cost of upkeep and the mortgage so ours is different we refer to ourselves as professional ownership in the sense that we don't live in the property with you you get to enjoy the property 100% on your own. Because of that, you also take care of the property. You're responsible for the maintenance, the upkeep, the mortgage payments. But we provide that initial upfront down payment contribution in exchange for a proportionate share of the future like increase in the value of the property, the future profit of that property. You give the whole deposit, the whole down we give, payment? We give up to 75% of the total down payment that's required. Up to 75%. And how do you secure that? So we have a fund, we raise funds from a pool of accredited investors, um, high net worth individuals, family offices. So that pool of funds is what you what's used to provide that down payment contribution. But how do you Who's secure those funds against the property? Oh, sorry, like actually, how do we secure our interest in that property? Yeah, so we do not we are not on title. That's actually a really important distinction of our mm -hmm. product. 
yeah, we are not on title to the property. The homeowners are on mortgage and they're on title. We have a beneficial interest in the property that's secured through a co-ownership agreement that we have with the owners. So that co-ownership agreement is critical. It outlines the rights and obligations of these owners. And we have some other like legal, more like proprietary legal measures that we use to, to protect our beneficial interests. But at the end of the day, the entirety of that co-ownership relationship is encapsulated in that that agreement that we execute with the co-owners. So it's like a shareholders agreement? Uh, it's more like a um, joint occupancy agreement, right? Where we're, we agree to be beneficial owners together, but one party gets to reside in the property and therefore they take on these responsibilities around the property. And then the other party, while not um, an, an occupant in the property, has these other rights in terms of, you know, how we determine fair market value, if there's a buyout um, or if the property is to be sold, et cetera. So what happens yeah. in a down market like now where somebody can't pay all of a sudden, what happens to the property then? Yeah, that's a really great question. And in fact, it's one of the main reasons that differentiates us from being a lender. So we're there for both the upside and the downside. If the property increases in value, we share in the appreciation. If the property decreases, then we lose our investment. So that's the, if we were, if we were a lender, our principal investment amount would be guaranteed, right? We are essentially, we would probably register a collateral charge against the property equal to the amount of money that we put forward in the beginning, but that's not how we operate because we are an equity partner. We gain only when the property appreciates, and then we are at risk of losing our investment if the property depreciates. So buyers actually find some comfort in a down market by having us um, as a co-owner because it, it it diversifies the risk, for lack of a better word. They're, they're sharing the risk with us as well, too. What's a typical buyer profile? Like, Give us sort of like an example of somebody who would be partnering and using your guys' services. Yeah, so our... our it's interesting. When we first started doing this, we thought that our demographic would would curve younger. That's been one of the most interesting learnings so far. We thought our target demographic would be early to mid-30s, folks, young professionals who are just establishing their careers or looking to upgrade from, you know, renting a condo to owning their first property. But they haven't been earning income for long enough to have saved up enough down payment, or they may have been saving, but they just they just can't keep up with rent payments and whatnot. But what's actually emerging is our, our audience is older. Actually, it's skewing a lot older than we thought. So it's more like mid to late 30s, young families, people who may have already have children. They've been living in a, they may have moved on from renting a condo to renting a home, but they have children and they're looking to more for that, that security of having a place to call their own where their children can grow up. So that is like family units are more of what we're leaning towards. Um, a lot of, um, you know, like spouses with young children, oftentimes uh, one, at least one individual is full-time employed. The other individual may have maybe self-employed or have more like diversified income streams. So that's another kind of trend that's emerging. Um, we also resonate quite strongly amongst newcomer communities. Because if you look at the people who don't have access to down payment, these are people who don't have access to generational wealth. They don't mom have and dad's money. Bank. Exactly. Mm -hmm. that bank, mom and dad to provide that injection of down payment contribution. So, so renters basically. Of course, yeah. Rent all of almost all of our home buyers are currently renters. We do target early home buyers. Not all of our buyers are necessarily first time home buyers, but they're definitely early in their home buying journey. So we do. Um, we're quite clear on that. We're looking for people who are who are looking for their first home, not their forever home, because our co ownership agreement is for a period of ten years. Right, we co own up until mm. ten years. They understand they need to sell the property or are able to buy out our bill share. 
So is that's there a- actually interesting? Ten ten years, right? Because like that's how long the, the agreement is for. It has to be it ten can, years. It is can that what be. It, is? it can be. It can be. I'm it sure it can be, be shorter if if somebody wants it's to shorter. Yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. So you could anytime prior to the ten years. So is there a cap on this thing? Is it like can I can I put in two hundred and fifty thousand and you give me seven hundred and fifty thousand and I get a mortgage all for cash a... purchase? Here's no, the, no, here's no, the no. He's no, no, not all cash. I'm saying, and then we're gonna leverage that. Can we do that? Yeah, so our our down payment, our model caps the total down payment at 20%. Because that's the amount that's minimum amount needed for, for properties over a million dollars. You have you actually don't have the choice, you have to have 20%. And yeah. also so that our buyers don't have to pay CMHC insurance, which is for any properties where you know total down payment is less than 20. So we do cap it at 20. The reason I say the all cash because we do have people actually ask. So but we could buy a five million dollar house, no? You have to qualify um, for that mortgage though. Fine. You do have to qualify for the yeah. mortgage. We do cap it at 2.5 million. So we do. Okay. Have that's what I'm asking. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Cause Men otherwise it gets crazy. Yeah. But still okay. 2.5 is still amazing. It's pretty I mean, good. Who I out guess. there can qualify for that type of mortgage and then, you know, needs this service. But at the end of the day, the option's there. And then the option get, is there. Yeah. yeah. The you option is there. Purchase a $2.5 million home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but in, in Toronto, that's kind of like, Hey, we have to have that card to play. Yes, what yes. other markets are you guys in? We are so our, our the current fund that we're in the process of deploying is strictly focused focus on the GTA, which is the seven regions of Treb. Uh, I'm gonna try and I can try and recite them for your viewers or listeners. It's like Durham, Dufferin, Toronto, Peel, Halton, Simcoe, and York. Nice. So those are the seven regions. Durham, Durham's included, Daryl. See, Durham. Durham has been the story forever. <laughs> It's just a, it's affordable, right? So that's a, it, it is. Why was so was Peel? Wasn't Peel affordable at the beginning? Like the the well, whole... Mississauga's in Peel. That's not affordable. Yeah, Mississauga's still pretty up there right now. Yeah, yeah. but Durham definitely a lot of it's Simcoe. You know, people are Innisfil is becoming very popular. Like just mm-hmm. you know, but um, so that's right now. We are in the process of uh, raising our second fund, which will begin deployment ideally next year. So with fund two, we're going to be expanding those regions. We'll be going to Kitchener, Waterloo, Guelph, Hamilton, and London. Okay. Now it makes more sense. That mm-hmm. makes a hell of a lot more sense to me. Okay. How, can I ask how big fund one was? I can't share. I I, I don't want to share the exact number, but it's no more problem. than enough the deployments and interests that we have yeah and and fund two will be um several a multiple of fund one so so i'm just kind of looking from the investor uh perspective and i'm trying to figure out how my money is safe with you and i didn't hear anything in the security question earlier so i want to dig a little deeper there so if i if i lend you money to lend out how how does that work and how am I secure? Like I I, I don't feel like I got an answer before. I, I heard well, it's a, a, an agreement. It's a traditional, yeah, it's a traditional LP fund structure. So okay. our our investors are LP unit holders. So that's just, you know, a very common investment vehicle where you park your money. In terms of the securing of our beneficial interests, like I mentioned, we do have like some proprietary legal mechanisms that we use to ensure that properties cannot be sold without our consent. And there can't be additional like charges placed. So a person can't go out and get a second mortgage that would be in a priority sequence over us getting our share and say in a sale, they can't, they can't do that without our consent. So we do have some legal mechanism there that pretty much guarantees that, you know, that the buyer is not going to take the property and sell it without us knowing in any way. 
and and it's a fund so it's like your your guys uh arbro is the one taking the risk in order to manage each and every property and those uh buyer tenant people yeah. the yeah. fund itself is what is paying out based on obviously mm-hmm. your guys success and um and returns you know on, i'm sure on a, on a quarterly or annual basis yeah exactly so, on yeah, during the harvest period when people start selling their properties, that's when our investor payout happens. Yeah, so we are almost like there's two sides of the company. There's the co-buying side, which we're working directly with home buyers. We have partnerships with mortgage brokers, real estate agents, um, service providers in that regard. And then there's the investment management side of the company, which is the whole nother vehicle. And I'm happy, I mean, if you have more questions about that, I'd be happy to get my colleague Nick to um to join you guys in a later session because he could it, 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 we're we're familiar with different different type of structures like multifamily funds, right, Daryl? Like similar, right? You know, you're gonna have people who are gonna be out there investing their money into the fund and they're out there buying apartment buildings. And, you know, one apartment building might be the racehorse that's, you know, doing really well for the fund, and there's the one that's the dud and and everything in between, right? So you've got, you know, obviously diversification. Yeah. Yep. And and make sure that you guys are, are taking care of things. So that's awesome. What's your background? Like, wh- how did you get into this space? Great question. I, um, I come from a corporate background, actually. So it, my background's in finance and accounting. I started my career on Bay Street, working in audit and mergers and acquisitions advisory at KPMG. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so- Slow start, slow start. The major. So vanilla. Oh, I know, yeah. right? Um, and then I joke, the joke that I say is I decided at some point I decided to use my powers for good versus evil. Not to say KPMG is evil. They were it was just the most amazing <laughs> foundational experience. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> no, but truly, like I think there's no other career path where as like a 22-year-old straight out of university. Are you like interviewing CEOs and CFOs and really getting into like analytical problem solving? Mm-hmm. So that truly is the foundation of my like finance background. And I moved, I got recruited from KPMG to work in a number of um, nonprofit roles and, and then kind of caught that social innovation bug while I was working at the Mars Discovery District, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with, but they, cool, yeah. they are such an incubator for innovation. Um, so I very much got plugged into the impact investment and social innovation community there went on to a few different nonprofits, but then decided to move into more of the startups. I do have a master's in environmental science. So at some point along the way, I, I did a, a, a master's degree to really round out my triple bottom line, you know, like the, the profit, the finance piece, the environment side. And then a lot of the work I've been doing has been on the social side. Um, so yeah, in the for-profit space, worked in Purpose Capital, which was a social impact consulting like impact investing consulting firm and that's where i mentioned like that's where norm the the, the late co-founder of arboro and i did a lot of projects together around creative ways to use profit seeking capital to like develop and design business models and projects that could be revenue generating but sustainable um so yeah from from there you know various startup roles and then eventually when norm started arboro he reached out to me and it, it was it was just an opportunity I couldn't turn down. It was the perfect like amalgamation of everything that we had been dreaming about for so long. But let's go down sort of like some more social <laughs> topics then. Like so affordable housing. Like, how do you feel about the current state that we're in in, in Canada as a whole with the cost of housing and, and the rising prices of, you know, daily living and, and obviously incomes are stagnant? Give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, for sure. And we get press on that a lot. Like people ask us about our model, how are we actually contributing to the affordable housing crisis that's currently in Canada? We can't, there's, if we look at the affordable housing, there's like demand side issues and supply side issues. We can't claim 
to be alleviating the problem from a supply perspective. We're not involved, at, at least for now, in building new housing stock. And we do know that where we are able to help is on, at least on the demand side. Um, people who are looking to get into homes just purely are just being priced out of the market. That's the gap we're trying to bridge because we know that the more people who have access to real estate, that's where true like generational wealth creation has happened. Even if you look at the trajectory of real estate in the past like 50 years in Toronto, it's been even in like periods of high volatility and market decline, it's been a very steady return for folks who've had access to that investment class. So we're, we're about tackling the problem from the demand perspective. Um, from a overall market perspective, we know that like, we look at the immigration numbers, we look at the inflation numbers. Most importantly, we look at the cost of renting in the city and you know, are comparing that against the cost of owning. As rent, right now, it's at this really interesting point in the market where housing prices are starting to plateau and arguably like decrease a little bit in certain markets, but the rental costs are still continuing to rise. So the impetus for buyers to convert from being renters to owner is like stronger than ever, but then interest rates are increasing, right? So there's mm -hmm. just all these various um, forces that are at play here. And I mean, there's a a lot like we we have a lot of these conversations with our home buyers around just their finance their unique financial profile even the types of mortgages they take on okay if you're worried about interest rates like do you do a fix do you do a variable like these are all things that our mortgage partners are able to guide our buyers through nice so as far as the landscape you're like you you just you've identified that there's an issue about solving the issue you're one one amongst uh, many here which is how do we solve the issue? We don't know. Like we're we're all trying to figure out. The government thinks they've got ideas. Half of them don't work. You've got innovative companies like yours who are trying to you know inspire people to be able to get into home ownership because it's almost like just accepting that this is an issue, right? Like it's kind of like very, how do we solve it? It's accepting that it is a very pervasive issue. There's never going to be one tool. It's recognizing at least at a minimum, if we could just bifurcate the problem, there's a supply problem, there's a demand problem. We've at least recognized as a company that we're not solving the supply issue. We're going to at least try and tackle a demand issue. By having our, <clears throat> our business model where we take capital from investors who would otherwise be landlords, we're at least leveling the playing field there where home buyers, at least at a theoretical level, are not out there bidding against potential investors, right? So any that like at a at a scaled up version of our model, investors would actually get a better return investing in our fund than being landlords and the definitely less headache, at least. So we're taking investors off the table, at least turning them from competitors to partners in that regard. Um, and then at the end of the day, our bro, our social impact is about wealth creation. It's about giving people access to real estate, being able to own in their own terms, in their own way, as a very lucrative form of generational wealth creation. Does this work in a down market? Who's buying like this in a down market where you can't see that upside uh, anytime soon? Yeah, that's where I mean, our, our investors who've been in real estate for, for decades and even our team who's just gone through a lot of the analytics and the numbers that's where we look at like historical stats right and, and like i think it's like the 50 years or 60 years in any 10-year period even where there's been significant like dips in the market it is like more than recovered to make up for those dips where you still have like i think average at least like six percent year over year return on average um so our investors they know that it's, it's more or less patient capital they understand that the investment horizon is longer and that in in itself um it creates risk diversification. That, that ten year, that ten year part of the contract, I think, is unique to you guys. 
is unique to us. And yeah. if you, like I said, I don't want to speak out of term in terms of some of the details around investment product, but we also look at our deployment periods. We don't take, you know, say um, a, a $10 million fund and deploy it all within a six month period. We intentionally deploy it over a broader period of time. So if you even look at the deployment of our fund one right now, we began deploying it in the beginning of 2021 where markets were at a peak. And then, and then we're still deploying it now when markets have slowed down. So even within the de deployment part, like the deployment period, we're acquiring properties at different stages of the market. So Daryl, one, we got the answer on how big the fund is. That's two, right. <laughs> I have, I have an idea. For I noticed that three. too. <laughs> <laughs> I, fun, yeah, ready? Like, Here I'll, it is. I'll drop some, yeah. No, fun we're, number we're, three. Don't worry. I know you're just using it as an example. Fun <laughs> number three. Okay. Daryl's a developer. I'm a realtor. I'll find the perfect site. Dara will help develop the perfect property. You're going to raise the capital. You did reach out to us about that. Yeah. You can, well, that was another developer that I'm that I'm selling the whole building, but this is a, this is now be new construction. And then your investors will be able to have this as far as, because really Daryl, um, in, inclusionary zoning, uh, you know, there's other type of private public relationships and stuff like that. What is missing is a really strong innovative company who can have a social um, uh, agenda in order to be able to provide affordable housing. But at the same time, there has to be profits for the investors. I was like going to say, like, it's not right? sounding like something I'm so into. Development until that there has, has to be a profit. Otherwise, it's so slim. Like the margins yeah. are so slim on these new developments. It, I mean, that's a whole nother thing. I, I'm sure you know, but like, yeah. But but the price that you would be selling the units for would be market price. So the margins would be the same as anybody else, but the financing side of it would change. So it would be like a whole building of Arboro financed properties that now people can come in and say, wow, I just need to come up with X amount deposit and meet other criteria. And I'm going to be able to get into home ownership where, mm -hmm. you know, developers aren't willing or able to do that typically. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, Fund sure. number three, Daryl. Well, you know that you got like 75% of the deposits already. There you go. So for now financing just find everything 25%. else. Boom, we got affordable housing, baby. And you have cost savings on the sales side. Yeah. 10 year plan. Yep. 10 year plan. Right. So there's lots of lots of little things like that that are going to exactly. be coming up. And I think that's why I was asking you about like the social social housing side, because the government always comes up with their ideas. So, and so far we haven't had a, heard a good one yet. Well, so so okay. I have an interesting I have an interesting uh thought. I think it's interesting. May, nobody else may. Um so Co-ownership is nothing new, right? And uh, recently, there was a launch of a company called Key that has uh, uh, ex-finance minister as one of the partners and the face of it. And when they announced their idea, it, it seemed sinister and evil to me. When and maybe it was where it was coming from, I don't know. But when you say it, it doesn't seem so bad. So I'm trying to draw like the lines here between. Mm -hmm. Like why this isn't like an evil co-ownership agreement where it's most of them seem to be preying on those poor renters that just want to own and end up getting the short end of the stick at some point in time. So what what differentiates this from that? Because I feel like you're genuine and you're nice. And I've got a great Zoom background. And you so have the best Zoom background ever, ever right? And yeah. forget <laughs> about the glasses feature at the beginning there. But no, yeah. seriously, I mean, I personally, and I know a lot of people feel this way about co-ownership. I mean, a lot of them are scams. I mean, let's be honest. A lot of them are predatory, right? That's the honest to God truth. I'm sure they don't think that they are, but they, most of them, their contracts are are basically like, 
you know, we're going to end up with your house one way or another at some point. Right. So, yeah. Happy. Like, I love that you asked that because I could, I could speak to this like ad nauseum in terms of uh, what differentiates us. So first and foremost, like key did get key living great company. They've gotten a lot of media They're They truly are a very innovative solution. They pack it, they're packaging themselves as a co-ownership, but any, you know, if you kind of un unpack their business model, it's very much more of a rent to own. And that's a really important distinction because you have to look at whether or not the homeowner is on title in the property. So this is what I tell our home buyers when they're looking to compare. First of all, look at who is on title, right? Who has like the most, un like the gold standard in terms of legal rights to the property right. as a start. Um, so key living, they're a, a very more, um, I should say like, they're rent to own. You're right. That's a they huge are, distinction. And that that's the predatory part. That's where people get caught. But so but that well, just keeps cycling me back or circling me back to how the heck is my money as an investor going to be safe in this thing when I'm not well, on I title? Yeah, I don't have I, a mortgage like all I have is a piece of paper. What if the guy sells the house? Right. Well, so that's why I think I, I as you know, a participant in this space, I'm very reticent to label any other company as like predatory. I think it is really about no, I'll do it. I'll do and, it though. And how and how they package their product. Um, so you know, rent a lot of rent to own models, buyers, or I should say renters are coming in with a very marginal stake in that property. The plus, the good side is like the barrier to entry is very low. Like you could be living in a condo and starting to build equity for as little as like five thousand dollars worth of savings. So they are getting quote unquote into the market and getting a little bit of that equity upside. But at the end of the day, the economics of it is really not all too different from renting in terms of what they contribute to property, etc. But they are able to build up equity over time. I don't think they ever get to a part where their equity interest is significant. Um, with Arbro, our homeowners are on title on day one. They have at minimum a 25% equity stake in that property. So and how much do they own? We never talked about that. That's important. How much do they own? Min if they minimum 25%. So yeah, if they got a 20% down payment, then they've put uh, like on a million dollar property, then they've put down uh, $50,000 at least. At least. Right? There's exactly. 200,000 equity. And so they got $50,000 of it, but they can yep. put more. So, right? but if they put exactly. down 25%, they own 25%. This is how it yep. works. Yeah, I see. Exactly. Okay, okay. If they put in half of the down payment, then they have 50%. And it's Got not, it. okay. we're not saying we own 50% of the property. We're just saying we have a right to 50% of the profit, the appreciation of value. That's a clear distinction. Cause a lot of people are That's like, a wait, big distinction. Yeah. They're like, wait, you're putting so it's like in a personal loan then. It's a little bit, but there's no collateral. There's no interest. It is pure. You are trading in the future equity for today's down payment. Wow. And that's what people need to understand. So much about these innovations in housing or innovations in home ownership requires homeowners to have a level of like financial literacy, for lack of a better word. So we invest a ton of resources in terms of onboarding our buyers. Um, I'm not personally familiar with the key living like intake process, but for our team, all anybody who applies, they're on like a 20 minute discovery call, the one on one with a live agent. They sit through a 60 minute onboarding where it's just them and their partner or their household um, with an Arboro co-buying specialist. We walk them through the rights and obligations of the co-ownership agreement. What happens if markets go up? What happens when markets go down? Like what happens if you want to buy us out? We really invest in making them understand our model. So they're going in with eyes wide open. We actually even make it mandatory that they get independent legal advice on our co-ownership agreement, even after we've walked them through everything. So buyer acceptance and transparency is like so core to our model right now. 
So, what? so when I, we cut, we tried to contact, well, not we, I tried to contact key and get a copy of their, their agreement and they wouldn't give it to me. I wouldn't give you a copy of ours either. That's our, that's our proprietary IP. <laughs> Is the agreement, the proprietary IP of the whole thing? Wow. It's as close as as close to it as possible. The structure yeah. for the investor, absolutely. They want to know how their interests are being protected, and at the same time, the tenant wants to know why this, you know, is going to benefit them. And you know, absolutely, I I agree that that that's very proprietary. Okay, so mm. here's the big debate. Here's the big debate, and this sure. has been it's age old. Is it better to rent yeah. or to buy? You should take her quiz. We okay. just, this is the plug. This is the plug. We just published a quiz. Like what type of home buyer are you? Like emotional or financial, right? And that's kind mm -hmm. of, we talk about like if you're renting, because it, it's an age old question. The reason why it's such a like pernicious debate, pernicious in the sense that it just takes various forms. Like people have to get very heated. It gets very negative. It's because there's so many variables. Just an example, as a renter, how much are you saving, right? Relative to home owning. Mm -hmm. Some models that I've seen when they compare rent to own, they're assuming that 40% of your disposable income is going towards saving and you're putting that into like S&P 500. Nope. <laughs> right? It's in funny. Those, yeah. The not same anybody people. that I know. Right? And the yeah, same people that, that make the reports that say that, you know, people only have $500 in their bank account at the end of any given month are the same people that are assuming that people are putting away 40%. Right, exactly. So in those by those assumptions, then renting is absolutely better. If you have $150,000 that you could put towards a down payment or put in the S&P 500 and then or whatever over time, sure, right? Yeah. If you're purely looking at it from a financial you can beat, you can beat the market with you those with that market. level of discipline. Absolutely. Right, but that's also if you're very like financially focused. You you do not place any weight on the stability of having a place to call your own a home that you could like you don't need permission and you live in a $900 a month apartment where you know you don't turn on the and furnace until control. like December yeah yes so lifestyle exactly. too changes are important lifestyle saving yeah. rates income um just the emotional aspect of what it means to be a homeowner like family proximity to schools neighborhood all of these things like you can't get if you you have young children and you want to be in a nice neighborhood close to school you you can't find rental units in some of these neighborhoods, right? Like it's just mm -hmm. the practicalities of where home ownership fits in your lifestyle. It's these are very, very personal factors. So that's why there is no definitive answer. But if you take her quiz, you can maybe like better understand where you fit along that spectrum. <laughs> nice. And, Click and that's the link guess, below to take the quiz. Yeah, we'll we'll put a link in the in the in the description. So but this is exactly what I guess I'm trying to get to is like yes, there are people who will be able to save that down payment. They've got help from mom and dad. They're in a mm -hmm. position, maybe they're in a, a, a town or a city in Canada where it's much, it's a lower bar of entry. So it's a lot easier for them to get in. But in the GTA, which is where your company's operating, there's a lot of people who just don't have the financial literacy to be able to one, save or two, rent their whole life and build that wealth. Exactly. And if they don't exactly. get into the market, when they are going to be retirement age, there's a significant difference in their lifestyle security exactly. and, and they end up, it's they're suffering because yeah. they weren't able to get that initial head start. Like maybe some of us had through our families and, yeah. and different, you know, socioeconomic environments like, or going to get the financial liter literacy along the line from somebody who's, you know, willing to help. Right. So there is a need for it. Yeah. You nailed it. That's our ethos. It's about, we want people to not use Arboro after they use Arboro. 
So we are the stepping stone for them to get into the market. Like I said, they have significant equity stake in the property from our model. And then when they sell the property with Arbro, they're going to cash out on their equity share. And hopefully for that next home they purchase, they'll be able to do it 100% on their own. Mm-hmm. Right. So that very much is um, an intention that we have. Because I'm a realtor, anything that I say is only because I'm trying to earn a commission and I don't care. But I'm, I'm just aware. I'm just, I understand. I've met a lot of people and I know that, yes, there's a few people who can rent their whole life and be yeah. very successful. But the majority of people that I meet just don't fall into that category. They need yeah. to be in a forced savings environment where they're paying down the principal on their mortgage. That's they're exactly having appreciation on an asset that's right. not liquid. That's just, the, that's just the old programming. If people were taught a new way of doing things. I and- agree. You know, yeah, where start a Shopify where, where store. Will they, where, will, where, will they, where will they learn this, Daryl? Right here, baby. Right, right here, Canadian Real Estate Show. All right, subscribe. Let's go. <laughs> so so I, I still, I can't. Okay, so down market, I'm sorry. I can't get my head around this from an investment standpoint, unless I'm just a super nice guy, which everyone knows is true. But, the fund's like, not the issue, Daryl. They got no, but, two funds. They got The no, fund's but, not the issue. I get it. I'm trying to yeah. understand it. So- what happens when the, we've backed this person, we are, we have the rights to 75% of the profits one day and the house goes down in value and they can't hold on. They want to sell the property at a loss to get the mortgage off and to get the bills paid and to stop, you know, yep. the, the heart palpitations. So, so what happens to you guys? You're just walking away from that money and you're hoping that the next bet like covers Pretty much. We will never get in the way of a home buyer wanting to sell their property. That's like a very core principle of our ownership agreement. If you legitimately want to leave your property and you're willing, to, like you're selling it to a third party um, we, we won't, and you're selling it at fair market value, uh, we will never say no to a, a legitimate sale. And so if it so happens, the market is down because we, this is where it's, one of the things that personally I take a great deal of pride in in our co-ownership agreement is it's crafted to be very much um, interest aligned between our investors and our homeowners. A lot of the the fine print is really just to like merge the alignment of incentives between homeowners and investors. So in a scenario where the market is down and the homeowner needs to sell, we know that the homeowner does not want to be losing money either, right? It is in their best interest to sell for as high of a price as possible. And in the event that they absolutely have to sell at a loss, it's going to be for pretty damn good reason. And if that's the case, we do like, we never want to be the company to get in the way of that. And so we say, even if it's at a loss, we take that loss and we move on. That's what we have from our investors perspective. That's the benefit of having a diversified portfolio, different geographic regions, different built forms, um, and even different like demographics, arguably too. So from an end, unfortunately for that home buyer, they are at a loss, right? But that is that that is the risk that any home buyer takes when they buy a home. And arguably that home buyer who's sold in a loss environment and having co-owned with Arboro is actually less worse off than a home buyer who owned the home on their own, who put up you know the entirety of their down payment on their own um, and didn't have a co-investor. They'd actually- have Or, lost or if they had just rented for those four or five years. Why? Right. If they lost money, they're worse off. But renting. what about the cost of rent during that time? Right? At least they paid money. off some principal, but no, they lost all that rent. 100% of their monthly payments are gone. At least they're going to be paying off some principal. Yeah, but right? they have the money that was in the stock market. And now they're exactly they, they performing bit, at 20% right? ROI. Yeah. Like they're okay if they're I'm, I'm sure that that scenario exists, exists somewhere, somewhere yeah. in you know, <laughs> the North Pole. 
Um, but also, also you have no. You hold have, on a like, sec. Qualifying. What? Okay. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I was unwrap just it. Say, well, I, this makes a lot of sense in like Saskatchewan or like in New, New Brunswick or where the prices are not like a million dollars on average, where the prices are two, three, four hundred thousand, and there's not that much risk. I I can't seem to get my head around when the market's going down, why anybody in the world would invest in the fund, knowing that a bunch of their money is going to probably disappear now waiting. It's actually, it's, it's the opposite. If markets yeah, are low, it's, it's what a am good I missing time. here. It's a good time to buy if, if knowing, because we believe in the long-term appreciation of real estate, which has been very, very reliable. You need so to spend market- time in our comment section because I, maybe I'm getting jaded because I feel like the whole world is falling apart and the <laughs> end of the market is coming and we got another 40% leg down. Well, let me ask you, what's what's worse, buying at the peak of the market or buying at the low? It's You want to buy low. Yeah, but what if you're in the middle and it's still going down? That's where we are right now, aren't we? But even within- with, Where are we? Are we there? Are we on the way down still? I can. We're on the way down still, of course. But you know, like I said, uh, no. And we said this before you jumped on the call, Alex. So far, no one's been able to predict the future. And you guys are not just looking at this as a you know a gamble. You guys have been you guys have been looking at you know immigration numbers. You guys are looking at housing supply construction starts. You, you know you you know from experience, and the people who are in your fund are accredited investors. The reason they're accredited. Daryl is because they have enough wealth to be become an accredited investor, which means this is something our last guest said. So I'm going to steal it from him. 95% of the world's wealth is in the hands of 5% of the population. So if you want to know what to do, go and ask all your friends who don't have any money and whatever they say, do the exact opposite. <laughs> so right now, B- Warren Buffett, right? Buy, buy fear, sell greed. Right now, there's I'm a lot of fear. I'm not disagreeing with buying yeah. a house. I'm not saying I know, but I'm saying this I think is it's what a great their mentality time to buy. is. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't think it's a bad time to buy a house. I just don't understand investing into this model into a down market. I'm sure there's a great reason, and I'm just missing it. The people they're getting too, like you guys aren't to to qualify underneath your terms, which I don't know them all, but I'm just putting that buyer profile in my head. These people have got. Good credit. They've got a long secure jobs. They must they're, be they're, they've got high income. Yeah. They're just not able with the financial literacy side to save enough money for a down payment and to structure their life accordingly. It's a service for those type of people. They must be it's spick not, and span. It, like it's not low income people that are that we are have, not doing well. There we do have a lot of like we have fine like people with finance backgrounds. Um where it's not it's I wouldn't say it's lack of financial literacy. It's oftentimes it truly is it, they're being compared to people who have access to that bank of mom and dad mm, and even if you too. are a very right. diligent saver um what is the the recent national bank i think came out with stats around it takes 32 years for the average individual right. <laughs> to stay for a non-condo in toronto i think their estimates is a 10 percent saving rate and an annual income of about eighty-eight thousand. Like yeah and it's all bullshit yeah 32 years it's worse and the reason why exactly. like, anybody yeah. buys sooner than that is because they get like a hundred thousand dollar checks from the bank of mom and dad um, and so for those who don't have that, it's not, they're not inferior because they don't know how to save. It's because they just, they're being compared. True. To true you're right. I, I, I made an assumption there and and that's, and that's actually what it is. There's a, yeah. there's a disadvantage being in the GTA because yes. of that factor. You cannot save as much as the prices yeah. have gone up over the last, yeah. you know, adult life yeah. that these people have 10, 20 years, whatever it is, they yeah. haven't been able to keep up. Yeah. yeah. 
How does that, was that satisfy you, Daryl? No, nothing satisfies me. Okay. But no, I, I listen, I'm serious. I think it's a wonderful model. And especially from the buyer's standpoint, it, I, it sounds like amazing, right? But when I put on my investor hat, it's like, what happens if this thing goes sideways? I mean, it's always about risk and, and limiting your risk when you're putting money into something. Right. So so when when the only possibility for profit is increase in the market and the market is decreasing, there but has to be another they're paying down the they're paying down the principal as well. Yeah, but you might not own it by the time it comes up again. But if pay, it, every payment they make, the principal is going going down and you've got a percentage ownership in that equity. So it's not just appreciation. We do not take, we don't, uh, it, our share. It's is nothing the, though. It's a tiny bit. Only on the appreciation. Payment, go back to the homeowner. Right, so the I homeowner gets the principal back. The right, homeowner, right. Actually, yeah, get, get more out of that than just when the property is sold, they get more than just their like 25% of the profit. They get yeah. cash perspective. They get the share of the profit, but also whatever they pay towards principal. Very reasonable. But Daryl, here's another um, counter argument is yeah give me another wrong counter argument please no that's okay that was a good, I, I thought that was sounded good it sounded great it. Yeah. multifamily right those are renters who are paying rent they have no interest in the property mm -hmm. if they don't pay you as an investor are on the hook as a limited partner in that same fund they have so no where's interest your payment in the and where's your but payment they, in relationship they, to renting with they this. have no interest in the property the person mm -hmm. who's going to be an arboro uh client has interest in the property they want to pay this is all for their benefit they're not making the investors rich they're trying to help themselves grow so if you were it's to look great at risk, if the market turns in a year it's great if it turns in a year and a half but what if people are right and this thing doesn't come back to today's levels for 10 12 years like it did in the 80s there's a 10-year agreement for that purpose well, but that's not twelve years. That's the that's the gamble. We, that's we the are, gamble. Yeah, the risk okay. is that we 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 so are long term the market to turn within ten years. That's really truly what it comes down to. That's but what it comes down we're, to. We're, yeah, we're confident. You know, based on two thousand and eight, two thousand and seventeen, we're confident in markets recovery ability. To and recover. I would say that that's a good gamble, actually. But that's the that's the crux of it. Is it's it's the ten year play, and we're willing to let a couple of hands kind of lose if we have to. But we're going to be in at all different levels, and at the end of the day, we're going to make a very nice blend. And as a renter, and provide a wonderful service to people in the process. That's as like a, ten years of like living in a home, of like memories being created in a place to call your own. Like that's that has intrinsic value. And yes. and how much does how much does the uh, tenant in that apartment building get at the end of ten years? What does the landlord refund them at the end of ten years? <laughs> right. So it's a good, it's a good service. I mean, you guys are all coming from this social innovative background and everything else. And this is definitely very clearly, even yeah. and Daryl, all your points are very valid. I know that, but sure. it's very clearly heavily weighted in the favor of the, uh, you know, tenant buyer here, the yeah. person who's buying the property and the, the client of Arbro, which is amazing. All the, descri the descriptions I've never like the label. I'm not, I'm not, I always forget what it is. What do you call someone? You just call them a buyer. Call you call them, them the occupying owner. Legally, occupying, they're the occupying owner, occupying owner. This yeah. is clearly heavily weighted in the favor of the occupying owner. Like you, yeah. you really are. Yeah, we winning. got our hands on that key contract finally, and they call oh. them suckers. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. <laughs> That's not true. That's not I removed true. myself from this conversation. That's <laughs> not true. That wasn't what. That wasn't true. Okay. <laughs>
just for legal purposes, right? CK's so sweating today. We're at we're at the end. We're at the end of 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 the show anyway. So we got a few more minutes here. So I want to kind of just like get people like how do they start? How do they contact our bro if they're listening to this call and they want to be able to reach out to get more information? What do they do? Yeah, it's arbro.com. O u r o u r b o r o. I was like reading the title, but it's backwards on my zoom background did you realize that it threw me Rob Ruo. no it says it says <laughs> it says Arboro for me not yeah. that i don't know how to spell our name you, but it was it's just, just like what you i see. glanced at it and it threw yeah. me off it's o-u-r-b-o-r-o.com and then there's a get started button everywhere that's where you get it's, it's very it's like a seven minute application you provide some basic information about your profile like where you're looking to buy etc um and then you'll be invited immediately to schedule a call with one of our co-buying specialists in which case we go through your application in more detail um, and then the next step will be referring you to one of our lending partners to get a mortgage pre-approval wow. from there. Yeah. And and I like how you're not a real estate agent background because not to say anything bad so about refreshing. real estate agents, there's lots of smart not people in real estate. Not to say anything bad but... about anybody on this show, right? Nobody yeah. does that. Well, I'm just trying to keep it consistent, but you know, you're definitely <laughs> super smart. You're, you're super smart. You've got a great background in finance. You understand things. And I think that, you know, it's, it's credible. And I think that somebody getting advice from you, it doesn't seem like you know, uh, commission motivated. It seems like, yeah. hey, how can we help you get yeah, not, into yeah. home ownership? And I, I, I generally get that feeling from you today. Yeah, so. and then I think I would have to say that an extent to everybody on the team as well too. Everybody comes here with a very, very strong social lens and impact oriented like minds in terms of approaching their work. Our relationship team, our investment team. There's this that the ethos is deeply embedded in everybody in the company. So, so, and what happened just quickly between because uh, you you went back to what two thousand and. Eight is that what you said? The inception, two thousand six. What was it? No, no, no. no. Well, I mean, the I know you incorporated in, in twenty nineteen. Yeah. But what was what was the the initial idea you you mentioned was like? It's the the journey of just how do we creatively use profit seeking capital to to bridge these wealth divides. That thesis, that challenge statement, has existed in the work of myself and our co found uh, you know co founders for over a decade. Nice. Interesting. Amazing. Good, cool. Good, well, thank good you. Timing. For, yeah. Yeah. We have, well, we that's got to be part of it, right? Like at yeah, some yeah. point, the timing, something shifted for this to be a viable like idea. Right? Yeah, exactly. I don't think yeah, it was more, the technology. More, it's needed though. now more than ever. Like whether the market's going up or down, we're still in an, an inaffordability crisis. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, there's similar models in the U.S., so there's definitely like inspiration from similar models in the U.S., but we're definitely the first in Canada to be doing this. Mm -hmm. cool, and it's cool. yeah, and it's unique. I don't know anybody else doing this at all, so that's great. It sounds Any, amazing, anything else, yeah. Daryl? Any other questions? I have Darryl? all kinds of questions, but we're out of time, so maybe we'll have to have you back again if you're willing. Yeah, yeah that'd be wonderful. Absolutely. You <laughs> we 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 really appreciate it, Alex. Had a good time. And, uh, if people are still listening right now, which generally speaking they are, they can like, comment, and subscribe, and go check out Arboro on their website. Great, Absolutely. and I'll send you a link to our quiz. Awesome. Yes, and the quiz. Awesome. Thank <laughs> you so much, everybody. All right. Have care, a good Dustin. day. Bye.